Lamping here, PHRA's Executive Director. Welcome to P4, People, Purpose, Passion, Pittsburgh. P4 is brought to you by our members and sponsors, Latitude and the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. We appreciate their support and we will hear from them throughout the podcast, beginning with the University of Pittsburgh Executive MBA Programs and Center for Executive Education. Especially in times of uncertainty and challenge, America needs exceptional leaders to guide our healthcare institutions. The highly ranked executive MBA in healthcare at the Joseph M. Katz Graduate School of Business at the University of Pittsburgh is designed to empower and enable leaders to think critically, make informed decisions, and inspire confidence. Forge your path into healthcare innovation by visiting business.pit.edu/slash EMBA healthcare. In this episode, Pete discusses his life's purpose. Life is what you make of it. Why not make it amazing for yourself and those around you by inspiring potential and igniting the fire inside of others? Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of P4. This is the podcast for PHRA, Pittsburgh Human Resources Association. I'm Pete Schramm, and I'm usually your host, but not today. So let me uh, throw it around over to Ron Kubitz, who is uh, known by most in our region, whenever you have the H and R in your title and you're in this people space. Um, So Ron, thank you for joining us today. And thanks for putting up with me for the next 15, 20 minutes. My pleasure, Pete. And thank you for the opportunity. I obviously have uh, big shoes to fill, but uh, I will certainly do my best. so thank you. So yeah, as, as Pete mentioned, uh, we are going to turn things around today. Uh, my name is Ron Kubitz. I am the Director of Recruitment for uh, St. Barnabas Health System. So again, we're kind of on opposite sides of the fence today. So we're going to get to know Pete uh, a lot better if that's at all possible. So we're going to start this off like Pete does all of his. Pete, why don't you give us your little elevator pitch of you know who you are and what you do? <laughs> Yeah, so th- thanks, Ron. Uh, it's gonna be a fun one. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a people person. And for those of you that have met me uh, in events uh, on the podcast in person virtually, I love bringing people together. And that all came from, you know, me growing up in Butler, Pennsylvania, uh, on the farm. And it was interesting, because growing up on a farm, you didn't have quick access to a lot of others. So uh, from where I was to where I am is quite a, a, a journey. And it was, you know, working on the farm and going to a farmer's market where you interacted with other people and you're like, oh, this is kind of fun. And they come and they buy their apples and peaches, pears, plums, corn, 50 other things. And you're like, wow, they walked away from here excited. And it just kind of started off with a smile. So learn that, you know, greeting people with a smile and energy and enthusiasm goes a long way. Went to Knock High School, Swickley Academy, and then college down at Catholic University and studied mechanical engineering because I'm like, I don't know what I want to do with my life. Uh, played basketball and track. Most of you know that I'm six foot eight. So uh, when I walk into a room, I can't really hide whether I want to or not. And then whenever I start talking, which is difficult to get me to stop, uh, people are like, oh, okay, there's, there's some more energy behind this thing. Um, so after I finished uh, grad school, also in mechanical engineering, went to work at Lockheed Martin. Absolutely loved my time there and attribute most of my professional success to the people that I was around whenever I was there. Started off in supply chain, then worked on corporate strategy, was a supervisor down in Florida, uh, went up to Scranton, Pennsylvania, and worked as a supplier quality engineer, and then down in Baltimore, leading a vertical launch systems uh, quality program. And then finally, last role at Lockheed Martin was a program manager. So I said, hey, I want to be in the decision-making seat and be able to positively influence change. And 
none of those promotions and opportunities would have been possible without the amazing people uh, in my life. So thank you to the different mentors, uh, mentees, supervisors, colleagues, friends, peers, family um, throughout the entire journey. And then left Lockheed Martin and went to a smaller defense contractor to build standoff threat detection systems for people. Um, so to keep our soldiers safe, uh, still bettering the lives of others. And it only makes sense that I was in defense contracting and working on hardware and, you know, program manager to do a, I don't know if it's like a 180 or 360 or 540, if you like spin around a couple of times. Big, and do big some turnaround, yes. Yeah, yeah. So then I said, okay, well, LinkedIn kind of falls short uh, whenever it comes to intentional relational connection over time um, and some of the other tools that were out there in the workplace. So I said, you know what, I'm going to start a company where we actually connect with people over time. And so Googled how to start a company like any first time non-technical outside of Silicon Valley entrepreneur does. And fast forward, um, we're recording this at the end of February. So March 4th, 2023 will be the five year anniversary of the idea. So it's exciting to be here with you today, Ron. And um, that's what Latitude is, right? The well, employee connection and mentorship platform. And, you know, the system exists to make the lives of others better and to help improve and streamline the way that we connect to ultimately make, you know, decision-making, uh, you know, better and more impactful. Let's change people's lives. Well, great. And hopefully we'll do a little bit of that uh, today. And uh, glad to be a part of this almost, uh, you know, anniversary of the the, the original thought. So uh, that's great to hear. And, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned uh, your height, obviously. And it's funny you mentioned, uh, you know, having a smile and, 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 and that because, you know, we've met obviously on numerous occasions. We don't know each other that well, but one of the first few times we met uh, was at one of the PHR event, PHRA events. And I had told someone that you kind of remind me of a gentle giant because you're very tall. <laughs> rather a little imposing because of your height, but you always have a smile on your face. You're always very cordial, helpful, friendly. Everybody I've ever talked to, it's nothing but positivity. So uh, it kind of, you kind of remind me a little bit of that, uh, that gentle giant. <laughs> but, well, uh, I, I appreciate that. I've been called a lot worse than gentle giant in my day, Ron. <laughs> yeah, well, I wouldn't do that. Not here on the podcast. No. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, Pete and I talked a little bit before we got started today. We want to do this a little bit more rapid fire, go through some questions, get some quicker responses, quicker feedback, give some, again, good benefit to our audience and what they can take back to their jobs and use. So you mentioned uh, mentors, uh, Pete. So you obviously have some. We all we all have good mentors. So let's let's stay on that theme. Maybe who's been your greatest mentor and why should I as an HR professional take on a mentor? Yeah, so uh, I, I'm a big fan of it's not one size fits all. And I have this uh, piece of paper that goes with me uh, pretty much anytime I have my uniform on, right? This this uh, gray sweater. So it's your, your personal board of advisors and it's a couple of different people. So I always had a mentor in function. Now, was Brian, uh, you know, so shout out to Brian down in DC. I had a mentor out of function, you know, that's uh, Owen, um, that was Joe, that was Ben, that was Paula, right? So people that were in my shoes and not in my shoes, uh, and they helped guide me, right? Hey, what to do, what not to do, uh, but also had those champions, right? So kind of those more strategic mentors, if you will, that were a few more levels ahead of me, a little bit more re removed. Um, and they were the folks that kind of said, hey, here's how you plan out your career map. So so um, shout out to, to Matt and Daniel and Patrick uh, for some of those. But, you know, the mentors were really side to side, peer to peer. The mentees, I keep learning from 
people like David and Kayla, um, uh, let's see, uh, Tony, uh, Ryan, Luke, um, different people. So it's it's fun to make sure that the connections help fuel other connections, and then we can connect more of them uh, to continue benefiting. Mm -hmm. And that I think you bring up a lot of good point because it's good to have a lot of mentors in a lot of different areas because uh, none of us are obviously 100% strong in every particular area. You know, my background is recruiting, so I try to be a strong mentor myself in recruiting to those that I come across both in my organizations and externally. But in, in the HR world, which I basically came across uh, with a pretty diverse path as well, I was not... That was not my cup of tea. So I made sure that I got strong mentors in areas like, you know, HR generalism, diversity and, in, and inclusion, uh, communications, uh, you know, the, the relationships, the labor law. So it's good to have a lot of folks in a lot of different groups that you can rely on as back and forth. So, I mean, I, I think that's a good point that that's why we all need mentors and that's why it can benef us, benefit us in HR. Would you not agree? Oh my gosh, so much so. And it's important that you, you don't get caught up and like, oh my goodness, am I ready to have a mentor? Am I ready to be a mentor for somebody else? It's like dating, right? Just try it out. Iterate, 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 and just be in yourself and being real and being authentic. And you say, hey, my name's Ron and I'm new to this HR space. I'd like to learn. And how many people are going to just say, hey, I, I got you, Ron, right? Especially in this PHRA community. Hey, Liz, uh, you know, can you connect me to some kind of people that, you know, might be able to give me a little bit of insight, guidance, share their experiences in, in these areas? And time and time and time again, the community and this family truly has been helpful for me. I know it's been for you. And now you're, we're both able to pay it forward and give it back. So, you know, just get started and don't be scared to reach out to everybody that's listening. Yeah, I agree. So, so along those lines, obviously, we're talking about careers, whether it's our career, whether it's maybe uh, mentoring someone that's new to a career. So, uh, you know, and there's obviously a lot of different guidance you can give professional development career wise uh, to, to help a person grow. So maybe what's the best advice that you've ever received? And then also maybe the best advice that you feel that you've ever given to somebody else. Yeah, I think it's to always keep learning, right? Never, never stop learning, never stop growing. An investment in yourself is never a bad investment. Um, so making sure that you have those accountability partners that say, hey, Ron, are you still challenging yourself? Let's go look at your career map, right? And say, hey, here's where you are. Here's where you want it to be. You can have backup options. That's perfectly fine. So the, the, the best advice is to uh, never become complacent and never settle. Um, the other piece of that is to make sure that you're always growing, you know, with others, right? Can continue connecting, right? I'm big on the, the connection piece, um, but, but also have your own kind of non-negotiables. Just because you get into an organization doesn't mean that you have to stay uh, in that organization forever, um, but that's where we, we grow, we change as individuals, right? Do you work to live or live to work? And that can change over time. And the biggest thing that I wish I would have said to younger Pete before was, hey, you know, on your career map, you got your roles that you're going to have, your skills that you're going to develop, your professional certifications and trainings and education, but make sure you put that life piece on there. You know, Pete in 2017 didn't have that life piece on his career map, right? Hey, I want to make sure I take these vacations. I want to make sure I develop this hobby. I want to make sure I focus on, you know, the family doing these things outside of work because yeah, hey, professional development. Yeah, let's keep growing. Let's keep going. Let's keep doing this thing. But also at the end of the day, we close our laptop at some point. So remember that, uh, what's that, what's the quote, right? Um, don't get so, so caught up making a living that you don't have time to live a life. 
That's correct. Yes, uh, you have to have that life uh, work life balance. You have to make people happy outside of uh, outside of your work life. And then if you don't, then yeah, you're yeah, you're obviously going to be falling short uh, overall. So there's no hey, doubt. Ron, I, I I hate to take my nickel back there, but one other thing, I always like to ask the question: What would you do if money wasn't an issue? And so whenever I'm asking people and kind of giving advice, I like to hear their thought there. And it's different generation, relation, generationally, but it's something that we should continue to ask ourselves as we're going through this. What would I do if all my bills were paid, all my you know, food was taken care of, everybody else was, you know, pay, everything's taken care of financially. How would I spend my 24 hours a day? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a good question because you could pretty much ask any HR professional that same question that if they had everything they wanted financially and they had everything they wanted, you know, in life, would they still be, hopefully they'll say yes, but would they still be in a, in a career in HR? Uh, you know, would they focus like I know myself, my passion, you know, we talk about the P4, my passion is recruiting. Uh, you know, I always tell people that if I had a million dollars, if I won the lottery, I wouldn't retire. I would still be recruiting. I enjoy recruiting. That's my passion. I enjoy that satisfaction of helping people get jobs, helping out the obviously my you know employer as well. So yeah, I mean, I, mean, I could probably retire now if I wanted to, but I enjoy, uh, you know, enjoy that, enjoy that part of the job. Uh, and, and it's really why I'm happy coming to work every day. So uh, I'm glad you brought that up because it certainly is a, you know, excellent question. Um, so let's, let's further that theme then. So HR professional that I am, what can I do then to convey this to my employees, to my employer, so that we have a lot of folks that are happy, you know, coming to work and wanting to come to work, not because they have to, but because they want to. Yeah, I think the first piece is being real with them and saying, hey, here's where we're going as an organization, talking about that mission, the vision, the values, and painting that picture of the true north, right? Your organization, St. Barnabas, is here to achieve this. Right. And we can't do it. Right. We, you know, we're on the executive team and we can't do all this alone, but we need all of you. And here's why. And given the time to listen to individuals. Right. And build them up and empowering them to build relationships and have their voice heard. I just got off of a, a panel talking about psychological safety with, you know, doctors from around the world and just got done listening to a podcast earlier today where some, you know, uh, high level executives in the healthcare space talk about the power of mentorship, especially early on in your career. So I'd say, hey, organizations that care about your people and want to walk the walk and talk the talk, like, hey, show, invest in your people and they'll invest in you again. And oh, by the way, what happens whenever you do this? They're going to be more productive, right? They're going to be more connected. They're going to be more engaged. They're likely to stay there longer, right? More retention. So uh, it's one of those things where it's going to ultimately save you time, save you money, and then improve some of those soft benefits, right? That sense of belonging, the culture, uh, which, you know, I think a lot of leaders talk about this and it's easy to, you know, have these ideas. Sometimes you need to go outside of your walls to accomplish some of these things, right? That's one of the reasons I started my company is I didn't yeah. see the opportunity to get these things going internally. So it's like saying, hey, we're at a point where we got to do this. Maybe you have the solutions internally and maybe, you know, we're the right choice. Maybe we're not. But like, think about how to get to where you need to go and don't be too big or too stubborn to, you know, ask for help. Good question. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk a little bit about obviously your, your company Latitude because it does really touch base on all of these areas. I mean, you know, your your product, uh, you know, the, the employee engagement software, you know, aspect really touches 
all, all different parts of, of HR, whether it's uh, onboarding, whether it's employee engagement, the interactions, mentorship, training. So I guess my question to you is, and, and you kind of touched upon it a little bit, what did you see in the market or in the HR world that was lacking that, again, wanted you to, to, to create this business? And can you maybe share, you know, what's been maybe one of your greatest success stories to date, you know, for a company that has taken the uh, initiative to use, uh, you know, Latitude? Yeah, so we'll, we'll go through this one quickly. Uh, and again, it's a the, the, the tool is here because it's a process that I did manually for ages, right? I guess a couple of years. And I have a stack of notebooks at home, Ron, where it shows every single conversation I had since the day I graduated from college. And then the different people that I connected. And then folks would say, hey, can you connect me to this kind of person? Can we talk about this? And it was out of necessity. I didn't have enough time and I didn't know all the answers. And more and more people from you know the city I was in, DC, to then the across the United States and then people around the globe that I kept getting connected to and, and talking with. And I'm like, huh, there's something else out there. And now we've figured out what that is. So whenever you talk about the solutions <clears throat> that were in the market and are in the market, whenever it comes to employee engagement, you can slice and dice that a bunch of different ways. And typically you have to go in and out, in and out, in and out of many different uh, software platforms. Whenever we think about what do people wanna talk about? When are they available? Who am I actually gonna have a conversation with? Where do I track my agenda, my notes? Well, you know, when do I follow up? Ron, what did we talk about last time? And then the data around all of it. We wanna think about these people analytics and holding people accountable up, down, side to side. So then we can say, hey, we're investing in something. Where do we start? And where are we now? Should we keep going back to this? So enabling leaders to make data-driven decisions about the investment of their time and their money in their people. So that's really the, the big piece. So if there are organizations that are forward thinking and not everybody is in the office every single day, then, hey, it's worth at least a conversation with the Latitude team to say, where, where are we today, right? From the assessment perspective that we developed to the trainings and workshops that are a lot of fun to deliver. And then the engagement and connection software platform where you're actually having those one-on-ones over time. So the biggest success story I'd say is probably with um, either the, the Army or a company down in Maryland or um, <laughs> a company down in Virginia. So we're growing in the Pittsburgh market now, which is exciting. But right. just hearing some of the phone calls afterwards and, and thinking, hey, uh, well, hearing from them, Pete, I didn't know that these other people existed in my organization. Mm -hmm. And now that they're here, I actually found a mentor and I didn't know that I could have this. I've been here for, for four years. Somebody else said, hey, Pete, I haven't had a one-on-one -on -one with my manager for a year and a half. And now that we have this tool in place, there's accountability, right? I, I have a voice. It, it, I didn't really have a, a chance before and people didn't take me as seriously because I wasn't in a leadership position. So it's enabling people to, to get to where they want to go and truly leveling the playing field drawn to provide equitable access to unlimited opportunities. Let's give the people what they want. Yeah, and that's and that's a great answer. And you bring up a lot, Pete, because you, you you talk first about how you're constantly looking to improve yourself, improve your company, and sort of kind of like taking a look under the hood. And it really translates to the HR world as well. We can't rest on our laurels. I mean, as you mentioned earlier, we need to be learning 
uh, every day. We need to be growing every day. We need to take a look under each of our own, you know, respective hoods, so to speak, to see, okay, what are we doing right that's working? What do we need to tweak? You know, where are we falling short to our employees? Where are we going above and beyond? So that's something that we have to constantly be reviewing both internally and with our teams as well. Uh, and then obviously you mentioned the accountability that, you know, that's very important there. We have to embrace accountability, but not only that, we have to be able to impound that on our leaders as well and get them to, you know, be accountable. And it has to really foster through an entire organization. So I'm sure you deal with a lot of companies. What do you do you know, when you come across a, you know, a, a client, a prospective client, and you see that maybe accountability is not going all the way to the top or that there are some gaps in accountability? How do you really sell the importance of accountability to an organization? Yeah, it just goes back to listening. What, what do you care about, right? Is it the bottom line? Ask the five whys. Okay, is the bottom line where you want it to be right now? Okay, why isn't it? Well, you know, we, we're, we're not hitting all of our numbers. Why aren't we hitting our numbers? Well, because, you know, some people left the organization. Okay, why are people leaving the organization? Well, they'd felt disconnected. They didn't have a, you know, mapped professional growth. They, you know, didn't like the, the remote or hybrid environment. Okay, why all those things? Well, you know, the, maybe the pandemic, right? Maybe, uh, you know, we change of leadership. Maybe we're just so busy. We didn't have time to talk to everybody. And it's like, okay, well, what really matters, right? Is it the dollars? Is it all these different things? Because it looks like they're all connected. I don't know the answers about your organization, Ron. So it's really just a discussion. And, you know, again, whether we work together or not, I just have fun in each of these conversations. And now across PHRA, we've developed so many different partners that there's been many instances where I said, hey, not me, go talk to them, not me, go talk to them. And as long as we're heading in the right direction and taking steps forward, that, that's what it's all about. So the accountability, the biggest piece is, you know, just write it down and follow up, have documentation, right? Notebooks, fine, but I think email, follow up, hey, Ron, thanks for our time today. Let me just shoot you a quick note, yeah, right? Yeah. So that we have that documentation and that can, you know, either save you or bite you in the butt. So make sure what you're writing is what's necessary. Now, you bring up some good points there as well, too, because you touch upon uh, the word hybrid and you touch upon, obviously, the philosophy of having people having more of a remote type of a culture. Uh, so, you know, I, I've been uh, I don't even what the right word is frustrated at times in the past myself because I have not worked with uh, some companies that were very uh, remote and hybrid, uh, positively oriented. Um, and obviously things have changed over the last two or three years. And we have to obviously address this change and we have to be open to this change if we're gonna continue to prosper as a company. So your company latitude and the, and the offerings and the services, have you had a change over the last two or three years? You know, how you deal with companies or how has this really your services helped to impact companies in that remote hybrid type of a world? Yeah, so let's just talk about it generally, Ron, and think about, hey, where we were to where we are. People need to have connection. And there's some statistics out there that uh, even for some of those organizations that have people, I think it's a report by Accenture, organizations that have people entirely in the office, there's still disconnection. Right. Yeah. So even if we're here, it just comes down to the people and the, the leadership. Right. Do we have a culture of cohesive collaboration? I don't care if it's in the office or not in the office. I do think it is important that we do come together at least a little bit. Right. Whether that's quarterly, twice a year, I think more than annually is important to have some of that in person. Right? Hey, high fives, you know, bump, bump elbows, handshakes. Right. Just seeing more about those individuals. It, it brings so much to it. So whatever it comes to, hey, the, the, the pandemic, 
game and you know we all have to wfx i call it work from anywhere right um you know we have to think about how can we still be intentional with our time right and empowering our people hey what are we doing right here essentially this is a one-on-one -on -one video call right that's the idea that we can take 30 minutes at least once a week to carve that out and if leaders say no my people don't have 30 minutes a week to devote to you know our culture and our belonging and i say okay let me know whenever you do and maybe it is once every other week Right. But if we don't have the buy in from the top and people saying, yes, I do want to, you know, me, Mr. Mr. CEO, Mrs. CEO, I do want to invest in our people. I do want to give them the time of day to connect, to unlock more productivity and profitability. If we don't have that buy in, then it doesn't really make sense. Uh, Pete, so we talked about a lot of different things. So I kind of want to put a bow on this and maybe wrap things up by just summarizing a lot of things and talking about HR and sort of maybe the lack of respect that we get or what people think about HR. You know, I've been in HR myself for, you know, over 30 years now in some form or another. And it just seems like it's gotten to the point where we're not maybe trusted. We're viewed as just, you know, handholders of the executive team. Uh, people don't come to us like they used to, maybe with solutions, issues, problems. Um, I, I just wanted to see maybe what was your take on that and what can we as HR professionals do to try to reverse that trend and overcome that and get maybe more value uh, back within the organization? It's tough, Ron. Uh, one of the first uh, times I heard about HR in a professional conversation was from a leader that said, hey, whenever you get into a, 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 a you know, leadership role, uh, fire everybody in HR because they're the biggest headache you're ever going to have uh, in your career. And, and you, you can't do anything with them. And that's kind of where I, I started, right? That was my initial opinion, initial influence. So as I went through my time professionally, I was like, man, I got to talk to HR. I see HR walking down the hallway, go the other way. But I didn't actually do that. I like to talk to everybody. But I, I kind of observed and realized like, hey, HR kind of has a chip on your shoulder. And I, I wondered why. And then I went to an agile uh, HR class that Beth Davis taught down in DC right before the pandemic in early 2020. And these lightning, ball, lightning bolts went off and it's like, hey, the purpose of HR is to align people's strengths and interests to the needs of the organization. The purpose of HR is to be this super connector. Now you have the transactional HR, right? The compliance, the things that you have to do, but you also have the relational HR. So I think it's just like any other opportunity. Say, hey, I'm, I'm here to help out. Right. And when it's time to listen, we listen. If it's time to contribute, we contribute. But, you know, being a team player and a, a we, not me, and a, an us over, you know, uh, and others. Right. Um, but I think that that's the biggest piece. And to say, hey, I, I'd like to participate. And if people say like, no, nah, you're an HR, just ask, you know, why? Or just say, hey, give me a shot. Or, hey, maybe let's try this for, for three months. We can iterate more. But it's one of those things. And one of my friends, Kamiki, gave a, a, a presentation, TED Talk, last year. And she thinks of it this way as like the, the, the glove of, of Thanos, right? Or Thanos from the, the, the Avengers movie. Mm -hmm. And you got to have HR, contracts, engineering, legal, accounting, right? All those different organizations together to really be powerful. And, you know, HR and the people piece is a huge part of that success equation. Great, great. I appreciate that. So, so let's wrap this up then. Basically, the the way you typically would wrap up uh, your podcast, and we'll buzz through a couple questions here real quick. Uh, and uh, one of it that I like you always ask is to give people, you know, what piece of self advice would you give your younger self? I know myself, and I often tell myself this, and I tell others this. You know, my son who's just starting off in his career is. Go with your instincts, trust your gut, go with your first impressions. Don't overthink things because that's when you have a tendency to make mistakes and maybe choose a wrong path. So what uh, advice would you give your younger self? It's a couple of pieces. Uh, never stop 
learning, right? Uh, always stay active and it's okay to say no, right? And push things off un until tomorrow. Um, but whenever you have that balance of mind, body, and soul, you have to talk about it, but you actually have to do it uh, consistently. And it's one of those things, the more you do today, the more valuable and helpful it'll be tomorrow. Great, great. And I know you often ask uh, for book uh, you know, recommendations, any books that maybe you've come across recently or read that you would uh, recommend? Yeah, so Psyched Up by Dan McGinn, love it. Uh, Greg Mc, McKeon, I forget how to say his last name, but the name of the book is The uh, Essentialism. I think it's fantastic. Uh, and then also we'll talk about, uh, you know, turn the ship around. Um, and hopefully later this year, actually not hopefully, it's going to happen. Uh, I will have a book uh, that's coming out with Dave Baker and John Putzier. So stay tuned, everybody, uh, for, for more to come on that one. But um, it's really about all these uh, pieces culminating together. So those ones are books that I, I read often. Oh, last one here, uh, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living by Dale Carnegie. Another great one. Great. Yeah. And we're certainly looking forward to your book. I've seen a lot of, uh, you know, uh, your social media where you've, you're putting some hints out there. So we're certainly looking forward to that. And uh I guess we will end this. I know you're not at your desk. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to reach back here real quick. Uh, I don't really have a favorite toy. I know you always ask that, but I have a rock that my oh. daughter actually made for me when she was uh, back in grade school. And I still keep this. And she's, what, uh, 20 years old now. So I keep this with me all the time. It's sort of like my little stress you know, ball. Whenever I get stressed or I'm having a rough day, I just usually look at this and touch it because Hopefully the rest of my family won't see this, but she is my favorite of the family. So it um, <laughs> really gets me motivated, gets me pumped, and it, it really helps me sometimes get through some of the rough uh, times. So uh, so I certainly appreciate our time today, Pete. I'm glad that uh, I was able to turn the tables with you and, and interview you. So again, it is your podcast. Feel free to, to give us an ending here, sir. It's our podcast. Nothing here is mine. So shout out to Liz Lamping for, for putting this together. Thanks, Ron, for your time today. And everybody else that's listening, uh, one, one action item for you is reach out to somebody inside of PHRA and, and then go have a cup of coffee with them, either in person or virtually. And if you don't have somebody that you can connect with, then you know, reach out to me, Pete at golatitude.com. You'll find me on LinkedIn. You'll see me at an event, but go meet one new person and intentionally connect with them. Um, Thanks, Ron. Thanks, everybody else. We'll see you My soon. My pleasure. Thanks, everybody. People do matter. And at the end of the day, we cannot get any work done if we don't have the right people in place. Are your people connected? Latitude is the one-stop shop people connection software platform. Our software workshops and programming facilitate new employee onboarding, manager 101s, stay interviews, mentorship programs, and peer networking to increase retention, engagement, satisfaction, productivity, profitability, and happiness. Imagine a technology that intersects your calendar with LinkedIn, Zoom, Google Docs, and your CRM. Contact Latitude today to schedule a conversation. The PHRA P4 podcast was created to help build HR readers through discussions with thought and business leaders on the most critical success factor of any business, its people. If you enjoy an episode, please help us spread the word by subscribing to the podcast and providing us a rating. We would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode, tag PHRA, and share it with your followers. Until next time, thank you for